there are some people who claim to be disciples walking with Jesus. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you, that there are some people that look like you and I that call ourselves disciples and still full of doubt. And we all have doubt. That's normal as believers. But what we can't do is allow those doubts to manifest into excuses. Guest pastor David Page discusses this very topic with a sermon entitled, No More Excuses. Follow along in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, as Pastor Page explains. My brothers and sisters, the truth be known that sometimes we making excuses. <laughs> Let's be honest. We make an excuse why we're not doing something or we looking for an excuse. Many of us are looking for excuses. I, 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 tomorrow, I'm looking for excuses. Somebody right now, I'm already talking to. You already planning out tomorrow looking for an excuse. Looking for excuses. Or oh, we're making excuses. And Dr. Evans, he addressed the brothers, and he tells them in the midst of this book, he tells them, stop looking and stop making excuses. But he tells them in the midst of that, there's some good news in there. He tells them to look for opportunity to succeed. Look for opportunities to do good. Look for opportunities to make a difference. And my brothers and sisters, we're living in a time now that people are making excuses. And truly, we thank God for all of you who are joining us in person. Thank God for all of those who have joined us by way of live screening. And I thank God for technology. But there's somebody who made an excuse why they are not here today. And our brothers and sisters, God has been too good to us. Many of us remember back in March 2020 when the world declared or when this nation declared that we have a pandemic. And my brothers and sisters, as we feared back in those days, back in March, and I know you don't want to go back in March 2020 and April 2020, when our eyes was glued to CNN and MSNBC and the death count was going up. We didn't know what tomorrow, but God has brought us through. He has brought us through. And if God has brought us through, I, I need to want to do more for him. During that particular time, I myself uh, made a commitment to God. At that particular time, my mom in South Carolina had passed away, and we went to funeralize her. And after we funeralized her, I began to grieve, and I began to call individuals, and we gathered a, a prayer call. And each and every day, we began to pray. It was just a prayer call where I gathered a few people. You count the days now. We have continued each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's become a Bible study because I want to do more for God. God has been too good to us, and some people have turned their back on God. But Dr. Evans says in that book, he says, stop looking for excuses. Stop making excuses, but look for opportunities to succeed. Look for opportunities to do good. In the passage of scripture that I read to you in John's gospel, John chapter 2, you got to go back and read verses chapter 1 and 2, but let me set the background for you. John the Baptist had just announced Jesus is the Savior of the world. He makes this great announcement, Pastor Williams. He makes this announcement, and he pointed out in the midst of it, he says, that's him. Jesus, 
the Messiah, who takes away the sins of the world. And then the Bible says in the midst of that, a few days before this great wedding in chapter 2, Jesus had picked five of his disciples based on John account. He picked five of his disciples. He picked Andrew and John. And then he changed Peter's name. Y'all know his name is The Rock now. But, but, but he changed his name because he has the right to do that. And my brothers and sisters, whenever you and I meet Jesus, something should change on the inside. I'm tired of meeting folks. I don't know if it happens in Texas, but in Indiana and South Carolina, where I'm from, I meet folks in the midst of it, and they claim they have met Jesus. But when I get close to them and we communicate in the midst of it, I don't see a change. Because anytime you meet Jesus, there's something to change. Don't, don't, I, I'm not playing with your emotions, but anytime anybody met Jesus, Things change. You do know the tax collector. He met Jesus and things change. You, you, you can't tell me when you meet Jesus face to face, things don't change. He changed Peter's name and then he grabbed hold to Philip and Nathaniel. And the Bible says the next day they attend this wedding. And in this wedding, Jesus I would have assumed that it was a family member. Mary, his mother, knew that they was going to the wedding. Jesus is at the wedding with his disciples. And I know that he's probably, uh, mama had been talking to him or getting word to him some way. And they didn't have Facebook and Instagram and text message, but she got word to her son. The wedding is happening, and I want you there. And the Bible says that Jesus gets there. Strange things about this text, my brothers and sisters, we don't know who wedding it is, who, who was getting married, but, but Jesus was there and Mary was there. And when I looked at this wedding in the midst of it, Pastor Martin, I see in the midst of it that three things happened at this wedding. First thing happened, the wine supply ran out. The second thing happened in this wedding, Mary, the mother of Jesus, brings him a problem. And I know it had to be a problem because when I look at my text, my brothers and sisters, from the New Living Translation version of the Bible, Jesus asked to tell her in verse 4, dear woman. Now, he don't address her as mother, but he said, dear woman, that's not our problem. So it was a problem because when you're at the wedding and all the supply run out, there's a problem. But Jesus said, it ain't ours on mama. This ain't our problem in the midst of it. But that's what happened at this wedding. The wine ran out. Jesus' mother Mary brought him a problem. And, and let me help pause right there because I don't know who I'm talking to. You may have a problem today. But I just want you to know if you can get it to Jesus. If you just can get it to Jesus. And I discovered he don't always come. The old preacher would say, he don't always come when you want him. But he's on time. And you know what he told mama? He said, my time ain't yet now. But the other thing that happened at the wedding, someone else was honored. Someone else was honored. And my question to you, Amity, today as I bring this word on this 24th day of July, my question is you, what happened when we do what he says? That, 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 that's the question today, my brothers and sisters. What happens when we do what he says? 
when you and I do what he said. What, what, what happens when the church do what he says? What happened when Pastor George Martin Jr. do what he says? What happened when Pastor Ed Williams do what he said? What happens when Pastor David Page do what he said? What happened when Amity Bible Fellowship Church do what he said? What, what happened if we can get President Joe Biden to do what he says? What, what, what happens when we can get the governor of this state to do what he said? What, what happens when we get a choir member or praise team member to do what he says? What happens? I do know this. When Joshua did what he said, the Bible said that the wall of Jericho came crumbling down. Y'all are Bible readers. And Joshua had an assignment, and he did what God told him to do. You do know that he had to walk around this wall every day, one time. And as he did what God told him to do, something happened. And I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, I'm not here to tease you, but I'm here to teach you the truth and let uh, you already know it. But whenever we do what he says, something happens. Y'all do know Noah. You, you heard of Noah. He had a conversation with God. And God told him what to do. You know, you heard of the ark. And what he told him to do and how he told him to build the ark. But when he did what God told him to do, my Bible tells me that him and his family escaped the flood. See, I, I'm talking to somebody today, you don't want to do what God say to do, and you find yourself in a mess because you are hesitant or procrastinating to do what God says. But when we do what God says, there's something involved. There's, there's rewards involved. Oh, y'all remember Bible readers? There was an individual by the name of Naaman, and he had to go and he had to see the prophet. And when he did what the prophet said to do, the Bible said he was healed of his leprosy. I just want you to know, you got to learn how to do what he said. And you do know that God still uses prophets. I, I, I know, I know, I know. It don't happen in this state, but in the state that I'm in, in Indiana, uh, uh, I am a preacher. I am considered a prophet. Some people call me bishop, all that crazy stuff, but I'm just a child of God. And I do know that when God gives me something to do and I tell people, some do what I ask. I got a call just the other day from one of my pastor friends. He asked me to pray with him and I prayed with him and they just like you, getting ready to go into a new building. He took word from the preacher there are some people today don't want to listen to the preacher. Somebody told them, don't listen to the preacher. But I thank God for Naaman. He, had a, he, he didn't want to listen to the preacher, but somebody told him, his servant said, if you listen to the preacher, see what happened. But he went out and did what the preacher told him to do. And the Bible says he was healed of his leprosy. Ah, those of you who read the Bible, when Jesus did what his father said to do, you do know he, Jesus, did what his father said do. And when he did what his father said do, you and I have been forgiven of our sins because he was obedient. 
And my message really want to help you to understand today, my brothers and sisters, when you and I do what Jesus says to do, things happen. Mary tells the servants, the Bible says she tells the servant, whatever he tells you to do, do what he said. And well, Pastor, what are you trying to help me to understand today? What happened if you and I do what he said? Here's the first thing that happened. The first thing will happen if you and I do what he says, his glory will or is revealed. His glory will be revealed. I'm not making it up, my brothers and sisters. Those of you who have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 2 and verse number 11. That's where I found this point at. It says, this miraculous sign at Canaan in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. This was the first time that Jesus revealed his glory. And my brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this. When you and I are obedient to God, when you and I do what he says to do, when we obey his son, what's going to happen is God is going to reveal his glory. And see, somebody is upset because the glory is not being revealed. But I want you to understand this. When we do what he says, his glory will be revealed. In other words, he will blow our minds. When you walk in obedience to God, he'll blow our minds. Jesus will show us miracles. He'll, he'll show us miracles. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Can I explain that? A miracle is a miracle is an effect or event that suppresses the unknown knowledge of man. A miracle. It, it, it's an effect or an event that surpasses the unknown knowledge of man. Okay, let me see, can I explain it this way? You already know, and you know somebody, who went to the doctor, and when they went to that doctor, the doctor said they seen something. You know how those x-rays and the MRIs might show something. And then they tell them to do something, and then they say, come back, and they take another picture but this time they don't, they can't see it. They don't know what happened. I know you done ran in, you done heard something about that effect. And, and they can't explain it. My brothers and sisters, that's a miracle. When man can't comprehend it, when man don't have no intake about it, it it's a miracle. And what the Bible says that his glory will appear, it's a miracle. Uh, this glory that he's talking about is called the Shekinah glory. When you get a chance to do a, do a study on it, it's the Shekinah glory. It's the glory where uh, uh, Jesus himself, God the Father, dwelled among them. In other words, he came from heaven and he dwelled among them. You do know that there are some situations in your life that God won't send a ministering angel He'll come and get involved himself. And his glory will appear. See, somebody I'm talking to right now, you need God to show up in a way that you don't need. Yeah, I, I'm grateful for the angels. I, I prayed this morning asking God to send angels to cover my family, to cover my daughters, to cover the church. But, but, but there's sometimes you want God himself to show up. 
that Shekinah glory. And, and I've discovered that God shows up and shows his glory in many different ways. Creation, visions, and through believers, he'll show up in many different ways. And when you and I do what God says, he will reveal his glory. Here's another thing that will happen. When you and I do what he says, the Bible says in verse number 11, others will start to believe. Others will start to believe. I'm not making it up, y'all. It's right there in verse number 11, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation Version. The Bible says this miraculous sign at Canaan in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Woo! Godly. His disciples believed in him. In other words, my brothers and sisters, let me help you to understand. Let me, oh God, my time is ticking. Uh, let me help you to understand. There are somebody and there are some people who claim to be disciples walking with Jesus. I told you just a few days ago, he picked up five of the 12 disciples. They had been walking with who? Jesus. They go with him to the wedding. But inside of them, my brothers, guess what? There was some doubt. It's in the text. I'm not making it up. It's in the text. And his disciples believed in him. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you, that there are some people that look like you and I that call ourselves disciples and still full of doubt. I'm not making it up we will start to believe. And I know this to be the case. Let me see, can I prove my case? God, leave that caucus ticket. Uh, disciples had a hard time believing. And Nathaniel was one of them. I I'm not making it up. When you go back, I told you, you got to go back and look at John chapter number one, verse 46. This is what he said. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? He already doubted. But, but, but I gotta say this, Sister Elmo, Gilmore, one of the things I do like about these guys, they were students of the word. We have found the one Moses and the prophets wrote about. In other words, they had to be in the book to know that Moses and the, and the prophets wrote about this guy. They had to be in the Pentateuch to know that Moses wrote about this guy. And my brothers and sisters, this is what get me in Indiana and South Carolina, because that's my home too. Uh, uh, folks trying to tell you and I what's in this book. Have you ever ran into folks like that? trying to tell you what's in the Bible. They don't come to Bible study. They don't pray. They don't talk to God. Uh, yeah, it happened. Uh, it happened. It happens. It happens. Okay, you don't want to tell me. Uh, in Indiana, every day, and not every day, every Saturday, my wife says, my, my beauty appointment, she done got jokes on me now. I go to the barbershop, 730. If I'm in town, I go to the barbershop. And I usually stay there. My, it takes about a little, a little time to cut my hair and everything, but I stay there. 
especially when football season, basketball season, we talking and all of that. But then they want to talk about the Bible. And sometimes I just shut down, Pastor. I shut down. I don't want to even talk about it. Because you don't open the Bible, but you're going to tell me what's in the Bible. Come on, y'all. Y'all ever ran into folks like that? That trying to tell you don't even come to Bible. So don't even, but in the midst of it, I thank God for these guys. The Bible says they were students of the word. And what happened was, in the midst of it, they began to believe. And then this is what I like about it. This is what I like about it. When we do what he says, he will allow us to see great things. You got to look back at that text in verse number, chapter 1, verse 50. He told Nathaniel that you're going to see greater things. Whew. I did a series of messages, and one of them was, how do we see great things? He told him that he's going to see great things. See, 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 many of us like what we see. But if you learn to walk with him, he'll show you greater things. He'll show you greater things. If you learn to walk with him, if you learn to do what he says, he'll show you greater things. Nathaniel took the challenge. He walked with him. And he told Nathaniel, because you walking with me, you're going to even see greater things. Go ahead and put a note in there. It's verse 50, chapter 1, verse 50. Here's the third thing. Golly. When you and I learn to do what he says, here's the third thing in the midst of it. Someone else will be honored. See, see my brothers and sisters, we live in a time now. It's all about me, myself, and I. We don't, we don't want to help nobody else. Yesterday I came in, flew in, and missed my plane was late, and I picked up my car and everything, and, and somebody there that just didn't want to help me. I began to tell me, I mean, got a real attitude. She thought I had an attitude, but she had a real attitude. The brother from the other counter came and explained to me what is needed. My brothers and sisters, all I'm saying, there's times in our lives it ain't going to be about you. It ain't going to be about you. And I know I'm talking to somebody, you go upset. No, it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's all about him. And notice what the scripture says. Somebody else will receive the, the glory, the honor. Uh, the servants. Now, now, notice what happened. The servants, whoever you want to say. The Bible said the bridegroom was called forward. Notice he didn't call the servants, the bridegroom. Now, you do know that the servants could have had an attitude. They the one did the work. Come on, y'all, let's let, be honest. They did the work. Well, Pastor, what was the work? Those water jars. They will hold 20 to 30 gallons. And I'm sure they had a variety of them, elders. I'm sure there was some 20 gallons. There was some 30 gallons. And they was, they was there. The Bible says that it, it was empty. But then Jesus tells them to go fill them. 
Now, they had to go get the water from someplace. I don't know where they got the water from. I didn't do that study to find out how far they had to go. But say they had to go a mile. Water is heavy, 30 gallons. They had to go down and get the water. Fill those jars up. And you know some of us will be coughing our attitude. Who is he to tell us what to do? I'm tired of them. Y'all can do it. I ain't doing no more. Y'all know how we do sometimes. And they did all that work. And I looked at this text. My time is gone. The servants was to do four things. Here's what they were supposed to do. They was to follow his instructions. That's right there in verse 9. They were to work. That's in verse 7. They was to serve the official. I'm not making it up. It's in verse 8. And then they was to remain silent. <laughs> Let me help a disciple in here. Let me help a servant in here today. Let me help you right now. As a servant, I've learned these things here. Many of you don't know, I, I, I served at the Eastern Star Church for 17 years before I even began pastoring. Five years I was there. I was serving in the United States Army. My pastor asked me what it would take for me to come on full-time in ministry. And one of the things was to serve. Five years I was in the United States Army stationed in Fort Benjamin Harris, Indiana. I met your pastor there in Indiana. 12 years I served on staff. And one of the things I learned on staff and one of the things I learned how to be a servant is to follow instructions. <laughs> oh, God. This is getting good to me, y'all. My time is over. I'm getting ready to close it. Follow instructions. That's the first thing. And we're living in a time now where people don't want to follow instructions. Don't want to follow instructions. But a servant learned to follow instructions. But then they got to learn how to work. Come on, y'all. God. Y'all, I'm not making this up. Look at what's going on in the world. In Indiana, y'all, they closing stores at, they're supposed to be closing at 10 o'clock. They closing at 5 o'clock. Talking about they ain't got enough workers. Nobody want to work. But if I'm going to be a servant of God, I got to learn how to follow instruction, Pastor William. That is what else I got to do. I got to work. This is work. Ministry is work. We come to church on Sunday morning, and we see everything that's going on. We are out in the parking lot in Indianapolis. That's where our church services are. And the crew got there at 8.45, just like the crew get here at a certain time. And when the people pull up on the parking lot, they tend it up, the music it up, all that. But somebody had to do that. It's work. Nobody don't want to work in church. But then you got to learn how to serve. Ever since I got here. People have been serving. I told the Lord, even in the midst of this over there, I'm not worthy of this. But he tells me, you did it. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Serve. And then keep your mouth shut. Quit telling folks everything you do. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it don't do it in Texas, but that's what they do in Indiana. They tell everybody, okay, I did this, so I'm telling. And you know what? I love Givelify. That's a new app that we have at church. Folks give online. In other words, <laughs> we don't think folks are giving, but they're giving. They ain't telling everybody. That's between them and God. When I give others a help, notice what he do. He calls the bridegroom. He didn't call the servants. He called the bridegroom. He bring the bridegroom forward. He honored the bridegroom for the great wine that they had. But the servants, the one did the work. That sometimes, y'all, we ain't going to be honored. But greater is my reward when I get to heaven. Here's the last thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here's the last thing. When you and I do what he says, we will witness, we will witness a multiplication. Whoop. God. They had ran out. In other words, there was no wine left. But because Jesus did this miracle, took water and turned it into wine. When he did that, they got the best. <laughs> when you and I learn to do what God tell us to do, we get the best. We get the best, y'all. We get the best. We had no wine. We had empty six jars. But now we have more wine and we have the best. I just wanted to come by to tell you today. That's no more excuses. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed. <laughs>